Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Fun Friday. I promise I'm going to hit some of these. Deluged with you guys on remakes that were worthy of being remade and even better than the original. Um, I'm not talking about sequels, by the way, just because we got some of those. Obviously, sequels, Godfather Part 2, Godfather Part 1. Really, really good. A lot of people pretend Godfather Part 3 didn't happen. But not sequels. I'm talking about originals that were later remade. Uh, we'll talk about that some. A couple of things that, that I want to update. The state of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, evidently now doubling and tripling down on security at the southern border as we speak. Fox News is reporting that they are increasing the amount of razor wire and the obstacles that would allow any illegal immigrant to enter, raising the stakes for Joe Biden uh, as the decision of the Fifth Circuit and the powers of the president versus a governor are still being litigated in our federal court system. So I just want to kind of put that on your horizon we will update you if, by chance, there is any additional action that occurs there or certainly any sort of confrontation that could occur between federal authorities and state authorities at our southern border. But, Buck, I wanted to update everybody on the lawfare that is underway against President Trump because a couple of things happened that I thought was interesting. You guys know out there I'm an old man and I read the physical print newspaper and I meant to mention this yesterday, New York Times editorial page, Buck, calling for uh, a, a writer on the editorial page, not the editorial page uh, itself, but a writer on the editorial page saying that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade in Georgia needed to step down and remove themselves from that case. I thought that was pretty significant, that they would even publish that editorial uh, arguing that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade do not have the ability. Nathan Wade is her paramour, her uh, mister, 
the lover that she hired, that they do not have the ability to continue on the case. And if that were to happen, she has had to previously step down from a prosecution of the lieutenant governor in Georgia. And, Buck, it's been 18 months, and nothing basically has happened in that case. So if she were to step down along with Nathan Wade, the whole case would be thrown into an uproar. I've already told you on here, on this show, that my opinion is that the Georgia prosecution of Donald Trump is effectively over. Uh, But if she were stepping down, that would be significant because it would basically acknowledge that in many ways. And the fact that the New York Times is writing an editorial that they published yesterday in the uh, Thursday edition of the program saying as much and encouraging her to step down is, I think, significant. Also, today, Wall Street Journal and the New York Times both had articles telling their readers something that we have been telling you, our listeners, for a substantial period of time now. That is that the odds of there being very many completed or any completed trials uh, of Donald Trump by the time that the election happens, a little over nine months from now, is becoming increasingly unlikely. And I actually thought the New York Times has a big graphic that it's laying out, Buck. And they said something, this first time I've seen anybody else write this, we told you a few days ago, at least, maybe it was last week, that I actually think the Alvin Bragg case in New York City, the bookkeeping felony, is now going to be the first case that is brought against Trump. And it may be the only case that is brought against Trump from a criminal perspective. And I think that is bad for Democrats because it's both the weakest case and the most clearly political of all of them, I still think it would get tossed on appeal. But the fact that that might be the only bite at the criminal apple that they get is really, really significant. Now, they might be able to start the Jack Smith case, but I don't think they could start that till after July 4th. The, the timing and the math on that becomes very difficult to get a conviction, to get any kind of significant impact. And so... That's all going on. And one more little detail. Credit to the state of Georgia. I want to read this and make sure that I get uh, this right. On the Fannie Willis investigation, they are finally getting around on this buck. They have now come out and they are uh, there are impeachment proceedings that are being brought against Fannie Willis. Uh, chairwoman, I'm reading from Greg Price, chairwoman of the Freedom Caucus in Georgia, has officially introduced... Articles of impeachment against Fannie Willis. And maybe more significantly, uh, the Georgia State Senate has voted to create a special committee to investigate Fannie Willis. I think there's a decent chance here that Fannie Willis ends up charged with crimes, Buck. So the lawfare against Trump is fascinating to play out. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is over in Georgia. It's not going to work. You can't have the lead prosecutor on such a politicized case involved in such obvious and provable misconduct, right? I mean, the fact is, it's they're going to look and see. They know what the payments are. This isn't hard. And they'll be able to figure out if she was having a relationship with this guy. And even if it's not criminal, I mean, you say maybe she'll be charged with a crime. It still looks so bad that it's indefensible. There's There's no way to make this seem like something that's innocent or within the bounds of ethics. We already played for everybody the audio of her saying, you know, no one who works for me is going to be involved in a workplace relationship. I mean, she was really strict sounding on that one. 
I guess she doth protest too much. Maybe she had, uh, you know, a premonition of what was to come down the line. All of these cases against Trump, you know, m- maybe what you're seeing now, Clay, is that the strategy was, well, I guess we really said this all along. Um, they knew there were going to be, uh, there were going to be problems. They weren't sure which ones they could fit in. So that's why they decided to go with all four and see what slips through the cracks and finally becomes the trial. If it's the Alvin Bragg trial in New York, uh, I think the goal there is they just get they get a hostile anti-Trump jury, which, as we know, is not hard in New York City. Easier in D.C. New York does have. And remember, Trump is a son of New York. I mean, he's you know born and raised there and you know he's a longtime New Yorker. Um, easier in D.C., but still in New York, you'll get a lot of anti-Trump hatred going. I think they just want to get a felony conviction. I do not think, you know, technical felony conviction. They're not going to try to lock him up or give him house arrest or anything like that. They'll probably say suspended sentence and a fine. And they'll do that also because, you know, then the urgency with which a, you know, the, the appeal and everything is going to have. They'll say, look, I mean, he got a, he got probation. He got a fine. Uh, I, that's the worst outcome that I can see for Trump there. Um, and the best outcome from the Democrat perspective is they just want to be able to say convicted felon Donald Trump. They just want to get that fact pattern established wherever they can do it. They'll do it right so even as weak as it is, and we know it's it's very it's weak and preposterous. Um, I think they understand that they can't try to lock Trump into any kind of a cell or even house arrest based on this. Uh, and then the D.C. case, you know, we talked to Julie about this yesterday. There's a possibility they move that to July. Right. And if they move it back into the summer, they're going to push that case through. If it's done, I know you said DOJ has these guidelines, but DOJ also has guidelines not to interfere in a presidential election right i mean the guidelines are going to be i think a secondary consideration so we're not out of the trump isn't out of the woods with this stuff yet but it's a mess and clearly they didn't know right they didn't know which one was going to hit so they just threw four cases at him plus the civil stuff plus eugene carroll it's just all out lawfare it's artillery barrage lawfare let me ask you this because you're you're a born and raised new york city guy and i'm looking at it from the because I feel like many people don't even understand the difference between civil and criminal, and it's all just kind of a big gobbledygook of mess. And so I don't know that you get any value now because it's such a mucked-up story. I, are people really going to distinguish between the Alvin Bragg you know, payment thing and then E.J. Carroll? And I, I just think it's all rolled together and kind of baked in, especially in New York. Well, I also I think that the defense attorney in the Alvin Bragg uh, against the Alvin Bragg case is in a is it going to be Alina Hava? Like, do we know who, who is? I, I'm Great sure question. it's established. I don't, I'm not sure I don't, who's I actually. I don't know who yeah. the defense lead defense attorney on that's going to be. Uh, but the defense attorney will be able to make a very clear case that as much as it's a boring bookkeeping. And remember, to elevate it to a felony, this is a critical piece as well. They have to say that it's tied to the state charge is tied to an additional federal crime. Yes. So you're hiding it at a, and, and that's a crime at a state level. Usually it'd be a misdemeanor, but we're saying it's a felony because you are hiding something that's tied to a federal. They've never established or said what that federal felony is. Here's the problem they run into though. By their logic, and this will be very clear for a jury, and you only need one person to get to a hung jury on this, uh, and then have a mistrial. Um, by their logic, Trump could pay millions and millions of dollars of campaign funds to women he has had affairs with yes. to keep them quiet. And that would be, by Alvin Bragg's logic, a legitimate 
campaign expenditure. You cannot mandate that someone put something down as a campaign expenditure and say you cannot use campaign funds for that. So this, for anybody really with a, you know, an IQ that's higher than room temperature, should be pretty obvious. I don't, or, or, or I should say anybody who's not a completely Trump deranged loon that like hates Trump, but it's New York. Who knows? I also think the idea of being able to use a federal criminal violation to up a state penalty, right? From a misdemeanor to a felony. And remember, every it, it assumes case, you're guilty of the federal felony, by the way. That's the problem. There's an assumption and, and, built and, into it. And there's not even, it's not even clear that that's statutorily permissible under the New York state law as a justification to elevate. But remember, Alvin Bragg is dropping felonies to misdemeanors all the time. He's almost never elevating misdemeanor to felony. So this is so transparently political that I think Trump benefits. Because remember, you've got the Letitia James case going on. You've got the E. Jean Carroll case going on. You've got the Alvin Bragg case going on. All three of those are New York City or state-focused prosecutions. I just think the average person out there is unable to keep track of all these different legal moving permutations and just kind of sees it all as one big collection of anti-Trump lawfare. And I think it would benefit Trump if the Alvin Bragg case ends up being maybe the only one that goes to a full verdict, regardless of whether there's any legal legitimacy to it at all, because it just creates that stew of impropriety uh, legally that... I don't think it's rectified. So that is where we are, and I think it's important because the media is catching up to what we have been telling you now for months about the way that this is going to, uh, the, the the overall timetable associated with all this. We'll talk to uh, Uncle Bill, Mr. Bill O'Reilly, about this in just a few moments because he's going to be joining us. Got a lot to discuss with him. Um, but, you know, there's some great work that I want to tell you about that's being done by the folks who run the Preborn Network of Clinics. This 17-year-old nonprofit organization is entirely dedicated to saving the lives of unborn children. The preborn clinics are in communities where the rates for abortion are highest and they provide an alternative for pregnant mothers. The team at Preborn welcomes each mother to be with unconditional support and the opportunity to have that blessed moment where the mom meets her baby with an ultrasound. Because when a mom hearing her baby's heartbeat for the first time uh, has that thought about whether I should give life to my baby or have an abortion, the chance of that baby being born is doubled. Preborn has rescued over 280,000 babies from abortion, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives. So if you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. Dial pound 250 to donate. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating, so you can give with confidence. Sponsored by Preborn. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to talk to Bill O'Reilly here in a couple of minutes. I just wanted to note that, wow, we have a bunch of excellent ideas for movie remakes that are better than the original. Uh, and I hadn't thought about these. Uh, True Grit, that one, I got to say, is very, very watchable Western. The, the remake, the original's good, too, to be clear. But the remake is, look, old movies, the pacing, the dialogue. Uh, you know, I know people are very nostalgic about old movies. In my view, very few old movies really, truly hold up. They're great for what they were, but it's kind of like, you know, a Stanley steamer is cool, but you don't want to drive around in it all the time. Like you appreciate it for what it was, you know, the very old car. What do you Um, think? Yeah. What do you think the best hold up? That's another good question. The best old movie that holds up. And I mean, like old movie, not like something from the 1970s or the 1980s. I mean, I think the Hitchcock stuff, maybe just because we've all been trained to think he's brilliant, but North by Northwest and Psycho. And I think some of the old Hitchcock stuff holds up really well um i mean we're talking about like i'm trying to think of how old we're going back here um i, I don't know what's the oldest movie that you can think of that you think citizen is still kane really- is still pretty an incredible a movie i i think like i i tried to watch it because everyone says it's the best movie of all time and i fell asleep so i'm gonna have to go back <laughs> to it uh i was a little tired to be fair um i just i just outed myself as like a total philistine when it comes to movies um, Lord of the Rings, someone said that's a remake. There was a Lord of the Rings cartoon 
that they never finished. And I remember seeing because I read the books as a kid, and then I wanted to be able to like see it on the big screen. And there was a cartoon. It was actually like a pretty good cartoon uh, for what it was at the time. Um, but the one that also got me is Dune, another fantastic novel, probably the best or the most you know beloved sci-fi novel of all time in, in that genre. And if you look at it, a lot of Star Wars, I think, got a little ripped off from Dune. Um, but Dune is amazing, uh, and the remake of it is A+. And the new one's coming out. Dune 2 is coming out uh, soon, I think this year. Uh, our One of our guys down in Houston, Brian Erickson, he's a director of programming down there. We appreciate all of you listening right now. Uh, monster audience. He says the Man on Fire, Denzel Washington version, way better than the original. Oh, I believe that. Because that's a good... I didn't know that was a remake. So I didn't that, know it was that, a remake a good, either. That's, that's, a, a, that's good, a legit um, good movie. Yeah. Uh, I got tons tell people, of people saying True Grit, like in my email, which is rare. Like, just deluged an email with people saying it, True Grit is an incredible I think remake. Jeff Bridges got an Oscar for that, and uh, and True Grit is a... It's a fan. It's a, just a great watch, start to finish. Really, really well done. Matt Damon's even reasonably good in it. I, you know, I, I don't agree with the guy's politics all the time, but he is good in some movies. I gotta say. Um, you know what else I saw though? Someone was in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. The producer Ali Senes, the person who said that Barbie is just a bad movie. I read that this morning. Actually, I read that editorial. It's. I read it too. I'm so glad that someone will speak the truth. Barbie is very much the movie equivalent of Hamilton, the Broadway show. It is not good. Barbie is bad. Do not let the politics cloud your mind. We're talking art, and it's crappy art on both counts. My Boom. wife, I, I said she agreed with you. She watched Barbie, and she was like, yeah, it wasn't very... I haven't seen any of it. She watched it on her airplane flight recently. Laura's movie taste so far is 100%, so I'm just, you know, you, I don't know, Clay. You will get scared. Yeah. Looking for some feel-good stories to balance out all the craziness in the world? You're going to want to check out a new podcast. It's called Our American Stories. It's a daily podcast series that features stories about America and its people. Whether those Americans are immersed in sports, business, or the arts, their stories are compelling. On today's episode, learn about how a Hollywood movie legend left everything behind to serve his country, or how a small business in 1972 became an iconic brand known around the world. Each day, Our American Stories tells the stories about the men and women who built this country and continue to do so. Find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Make it a part of your day. Our American Stories is available now on the iHeartRadio app, the free iHeartRadio app, by the way, which you should all download. You can get it there or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Our American Stories today. We're joined now by our friend Bill O'Reilly. Tons of number one best-selling books. You can go check those out everywhere. Um, and I mentioned this, the most recent, Killing the Witches, which is uh, really good. Read it myself. My parents love it. Um, and I think Oh, you mean you like this, Killing the Witches, well. which people yes. watching on the stream? I am holding it up for Uncle Bill here because I've got my copy here because I have been reading it. Uh, all right. Uh, it is really good. Bill, let's dive right into this. Trump is going to be the nominee. You and I do not believe that he's going to run against Joe Biden. There suddenly is a lot of talk about Michelle Obama. She is, if you look at the gambling markets, the third most likely. Number one is Trump. Number two is Biden. Number three is Michelle Obama. Third most likely to be elected president. You buy into the Michelle Obama hype or... Do you think someone else would replace Biden? And do you still think Biden's on his way out? 
you know, there is nobody else. So uh, the Democratic Party has uh, only one option, and that would be if Michelle Obama signaled that she would accept uh, a nomination at the convention. She's not going to campaign, not going to be Super Tuesday, not going to be going to the diners, not going to be anything like that. So how it would shake down would be just like 1968, Lyndon Johnson, going to serve out my term but not going to run again. This is Joe Biden who would do it. Uh, and I'm throwing all my delegates to Michelle Obama. She walks in to Chicago's convention in August, and they crown her, and that's and then she runs against Trump. So that is a scenario. Now, a lot of Democrats that I know, a pretty good connection, say that uh, Michelle's not interested even though she has been more visible lately. That's what they say. I don't know. Bill, I want to ask you about the border. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, sure. It's clearly gotten more attention at the national level than it has, I think, in a while. It's a combination of things. Uh, the huge numbers now going on, call it 7 million, something like that, going to be 8 million by the end of this year. Uh, illegals pouring into the country. Now the Biden administration fighting in court for the right to take away barbed wire to make it easier for illegals to come into the country. How do you think it's an election year? They know this is they're unpopular on this one. The polls look terrible for Biden on the border. How do you think they play it? They just try to blame Republicans. What do they do? Well, the the latest play is that the Republicans won't uh, compromise on new border restrictions, and they want the issue to run in November on it. That's what Wall Street Journal said today. That's what all the, uh, the corporate media is putting out there. The truth is uh, a different matter, and, and people need to listen closely now to this analysis. And this is why you should go to BillOReilly.com every day, because I have a message of the day on this subject. I'm currently writing a book called Confronting the Presidents, No Spin Assessments from Washington to Biden. Every single president is going to be assessed on whether they hurt or help the country. Okay, almost finished with it. It'll be out in September. I have never seen an active policy as bad as Joe Biden's open border policy. Never in our republic's history has any sitting president done actively done something to bring so much harm to the country. Now, passively, uh, Buchanan and Pierce didn't do anything about the growing rebellion in the South before Lincoln. Prohibition was insane. Uh, the run-up to the Great Depression was crazy. But this one is a progressive tenet that Joe Biden embraced because he is not capable of thinking about unintended consequences of anything. Of anything. And now the nation is getting blasted fiscally, narcotics, you name it. And Biden sits there and fiddles just like Nero. So the press has ignored the story largely um, because what are they going to do? Say bad things about Biden? That's never going to happen for the corporate media. So most Americans who don't live down by the border, they don't know how bad this is, except in the last six months, the migrants have now come to New York City, to Chicago, to Los Angeles, and the states and cities have to pay their way. And that is bankrupting the state and local municipalities 
and it will lead to tax rises that working people can't afford. That's what's happening right now. Now, the Democratic Party will just tell you, oh, it's not that bad. I mean, you heard me, Orcus. Border secure. Um, okay, Baghdad Bob. You know, Saddam's winning. We're winning. You remember that in the uh, go? Yeah, we're winning. That's exactly the same thing. But people believe what they want to believe. And Democrats who don't want Trump are going to believe whatever is put in front of them. Only hope for the nation is that independent voters say, this is madness. we got to get this president out of there. Bill, if I know you talked to Donald Trump a decent amount. Um, you've done a lot of events with him over the years. I think you have a certain amount of fondness for him. If he called you and he said, who should I pick as vice president? You think that he's not necessarily going to be running against Biden. We have a lot of conversation on this show already about who the VP should be. And whether it even matters that much. But let's pretend that Trump asks you who his VP should be. Who would you say he should be considering? I already told him. Huckabee <laughs> Sanders is the governor of Arkansas. Ah. And what we do you like you were going to leave us on a, on a cliffhanger yeah, there for yeah. a second, Bill. So I thought, you, told, you, know. you, you said, by the way, we had a caller a while back who's probably listening right now, like just throwing his fist up in the air, uh, who said the pick's going to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. What do you like about her? She's Arkansas's governor. She's been on this program several times. I like her, too, as well. What makes her the right choice to you? Well, with Trump, it's all about trust and not overshadowing him. So he already has a working relationship with the governor because she was in a White House communications office, and she's not the type of person that would hotshot it. Good campaigner, uh, came up with a very witty slogan, Team Normal versus Team Crazy. You could run with that all day long. And I think women respect her. Um, yeah, she had a lot of advantages because of her father being governor of Arkansas, but she looks to be... She's a mom. She's hardworking. She's honest. I don't see a downside to her. And when you're looking at a vice president, that's the first question. What's the downside? And the upside is that I think women who don't, in general, uh, a lot of them have, uh, you know, a dubious opinion of Donald Trump, that might reassure them a little bit. I agree with you, by the way, and we've talked about this some. I think Trump going with a female vice presidential candidate, given his challenges with women, particularly college-educated white women in the suburbs, is not a bad move at all. Um, and it's not going to hurt him, and it could actually be very beneficial. Yeah, I mean, look, comfort zone is important for a presidential ticket. So Pence was a good vice president for Trump because he was a technician and ran Indiana very well as governor. And he didn't want to overshadow Trump. And Trump listened to Pence. Um, and so now, with the demographics shifting in the favor of uh, female voters, you almost have to go with uh, a woman on the second if you're Trump. So I, to me, it's not even a tough call. Bill, uh, we're speaking to Bill O'Reilly, everybody. Killing the Witches, the latest. I've got my copy right here on the desk. Um, you can also go to BillOReilly.com for more, including his uh, message of the day. Um, and, and Bill, I, I wonder, all the legal stuff, we've been talking about this that uh, Trump has been up against. 
it feels like some of it certainly is slipping away. I mean, the Fonnie Willis thing, that's a disaster for the Democrats. I think everybody knows it's a disaster for Fonnie Willis, that's for sure. Uh, some of the other stuff is looking like it may be trickier on a timeline, particularly the two federal cases. Alvin Bragg may actually happen. Do you think that they somehow managed to not squeeze in a single one of these trials before the election? How do you see it playing out, given that we're here in January of 24? Sure. I mean, the appeals process almost guarantees that Trump will not be in a courtroom on a criminal beef um, before the election. So the Atlanta thing is done. All right. Fanny um, did all kinds of things that we know she did because of bank records. So there, there are allegations, and she's entitled to due process, but she did it. And uh, that is called prosecutorial misconduct. So the governor of Georgia, Kemp, should have already suspended her from the case. He's about to do that. And the attorney general should take it over because this is insane. You can't have – look, the, the key to Fannie Willis – and they can call her Fonnie or whatever else, but her name is Fanny, all right, is that she sent her boyfriend, who she hired to help with the Trump prosecution, to the White House twice. Why? Yeah. That's a local beef, Fulton County. What, what's this guy doing in the White House? And that's the big story right there. Um, so Atlanta, forget it. New York... These are local beefs that the Trump lawyers will kick up to uh, federal court on a uh, his civil rights are being violated. Trump's civil rights are being violated. That's because it's a foregone that Trump will lose in, in New York City because it's New York City. And if you think you, a Republican get a fair trial in New York City, you're crazy. So they'll bump it up into, you know, his rights are being violated. Trump's rights are being violated. And that'll take forever. Um the Jack Smith special counsel, Ma-a-Lago, and uh, conspiracy on January 6th, those are very weak cases because Biden did the same thing, and the special counsel for Biden, her, Robert Hur, said, yeah, he did it, but I'm not going to do anything. Um, hello? <laughs> you know? So that really hurt Smith. And as far as the... Uh, the conspiracy to uh, promote the riot on January 6th, boy, that's a long shot. There's exculpatory evidence all over the place on that case. So I think Trump's got, you know, a 70, 75% chance of getting to Election Day without any kind of criminal conviction. Bill O'Reilly, check him out, BillOReilly.com. We'll talk to you again soon, and uh, go ahead and start thinking about steakhouses because Buck's going to have to buy us a, a great one as soon as uh, and I'm Michelle getting, Obama. And I'm getting an appetizer, too. Yeah, right, no doubt me, too. Shrimp cocktail's expensive, yeah, Bill, but for you, we'll make it happen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm running it up. All right, guys, anytime. Thanks <laughs> Thank for having you. me. Thanks. You guys know Buck and I are history nerds, proud of it. A lot of young adults out there actually don't know anything. Um, and they're not being taught anything because uh, questions about the founding fathers, patriotism, oh, America's an awful place. That's what we're all being taught. That's why Hillsdale College exists, uh, because they've been leading the way in promoting civic education. The administration and faculty at Hillsdale are groups of Americans that did learn the true history of our heritage, the good, the bad, the ugly. Same group of Americans doesn't take our freedoms for granted and 
appreciates the sacrifices of men and women who've defended our borders, stood up for democracy when it was needed the most. You'll be able to hear one of their latest forms of education, their actual radio commercials called Constitution Minutes. These are short, clear lessons on the principles of liberty available to hear on demand at Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. Now more than ever, it's critical the next generation not only learns our history, but understands the importance of defending our freedoms. That's Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. We got with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Stephen Miller joining. We'll return to the issue of the border. I also want to remind you of what the Obama administration was saying about the border not too long ago to put into context how just completely uh, radicalized the party, the Democrat Party, has become on this issue. So we will we'll address that with you. I think it's really important. Uh, right now we have uh, some calls up. And uh, Tammy in Lexington, Kentucky, first up. What's going on, Tammy? Hey, guys. I was calling in because I wanted to address the, who the college-educated women want to have for vice president. Because I'm going to disagree. Um, I have three degrees, and it never enters my mind that I want a woman as vice president. 
I think college-educated women want someone in there who is strong, who's physically responsible, who wants border control, and who can be president for eight years after Trump, because we need a solid 12 years to recover from all of this crap. Well, Tammy, Tammy I, I think I, you're 100% right yeah. on that. But I bet you voted for Trump in 16 and 20. I did. Yeah. So when when Bill O'Reilly and I, and I'm curious if Buck would sign on here too, I'm talking about people who may not have voted for Trump in 16 or 20, or maybe they voted for Trump in 16, went away in 20, either didn't vote or voted for Biden. I think that they can be influenced by having the right VP. I don't know that it makes, makes up that much of a difference to Trump supporters. What are you about you, Buck? Like that that's that's who I'm talking about, the college educated women who are swing. I, I will tell you this. First first of all, Tammy, I, I Clay and I totally agree with you with your sentiment, but we you know, you, me, and Clay see the world I would I would be willing to bet largely the same way. Uh the demographic uh profile though of college educated women, unfortunately, was very tough for Trump in the last election. So as a as a group, as a cohort, you are, and I guess you could say we are in a different way. Uh, an outlier here. Um, but I, I hope you're right. And I thank you for calling in. And, and as to Clay, the, uh, the vice president component of this, um, I just have, I've never met a person. Now, now I'm doing what a lot of people do, which is like, well, this is my personal experience. I have never met someone who said I wasn't going to vote for that president, but then that VP made me feel better about it. Never met that person. And I talked to a lot of people about politics. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't know if it, I, I think it's something that, is is unproven at best that a VP would move persuadable voters. I my theory on this is that there are lots of people out there who are undecided who they're going to vote for and they are not going to like Trump or Biden. They don't want to vote for either Trump or Biden, right? This the this this cohort of the population. I know that there will be conversations and some of you may be party to them. Come October where people are sitting around and they say, man, I, I really don't like Trump or Biden. I can't believe this is our two choices. This will be a common cliche conversation. And I think there is a possibility that some of those people will be like, they don't like Kamala, right? Kamala is even less popular than Joe Biden. If Trump picked a VP that had appeal to those undecided voters, you just heard Bill O'Reilly say Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I could see that. Where it's a mom... She's got kids, and she seems relatively normal. And remember, it's only four years. I can see people saying, I don't really like Trump or Biden. I don't like Kamala, but I really like X, whoever Trump picks as the VP, and that could be something that gets people across the finish line. I'm not talking about diehard political uh, zealots. Middle of the road. You know what I think will get people across the finish line for, for Trump? If he hammers the border issue with everything he's got, We'll talk to Stephen Miller about that in a few minutes. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.